Hello, and welcome to the Laverne Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. You can find us at 244 Old Nashville Highway, Laverne, Tennessee, 37086. We hope that any time you are in the area, you will stop by and join us for worship. Our Sunday morning worship is at 9 a.m., with Bible classes following. Our Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., and we also have a Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m. It's a miracle. It's here. <laughs> I was looking for this. I'm going like, where is this thing? Now, I know Brother Papa's got somewhere. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, my wife hit me in the back. Talking about what you gonna do? I'm just gonna do what I do and hope it comes out right. It is really a pleasure to be here to speak. I wasn't planning on this until Brother Phil came to me one afternoon uh, and says he wanted to talk to me. I'm like, what's he going to talk to me about? And he says to me that he wanted to uh, me to teach a lesson at the end of the month. I said, yes, okay, I can do that. <laughs> but if he'd asked me, uh, Brother Tuck, we want you to lead a song on this day, I would have told him, I am the best singer you've ever had. The only difference is I can't sing it here. <laughs> I'm not a singer by no means, but when I grew up, I used to sing in, in church as a little kid, and I sung real loud, and I was so happy about that, and my brother kept hitting me and telling me to shut up, so along the lines, I just quit singing, and so I don't sing unless I have to. Anyway, it is really, really, really a joy to be here. I say this every time I step up here in this pulpit because of what it means to me what I know it means to you, what it means to the whole world for them to hear the gospel. I am not a preacher like you would normally hear probably. I don't think so. Uh, I'm just a kind of guy that the way I grew up, when I grew up, I heard this preaching and it was always long and it was always to the point and it was such a way, it was in such a way that people would respond or not respond, but they knew when they left the building, they knew exactly what was going to happen to them at the end of the day if Christ came. There was no if, ands, and ours about that. And so that is the way I preach. And so if it offends you, I'll be happy <laughs> that you will come forward and be baptized, and then you'll be happy at the end of the day, and when you see Jesus, you can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So that's the way I do these things. And so this evening, we're going to talk as quick as I possibly can to get you through this, because I know there's a time limit, and I know I'm long-winded, and uh, that's just the way I function, and I'll, I'll try to get over there. And if I get this thing to work, I will be happy. I know there's a way for it to do something. Oh, you got to cut it on, probably. That might, be, that might work. The little blue dot come on. Look at that, man. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Why in the world do we still live on Earth today? You ever thought about that? Why are we still here? And then the other thing is this. Have you ever counted the number of days you've been on Earth? 
I counted mine. I multiplied it out. It's been a long time. <laughs> 72 years times 350 days, that's a long time. And some of you are older than I am, and some of you are younger. But it doesn't matter. Young or old, you die. And the point is, when you die, what does it look like? Now, you can be praying, you can say thank you, but have they been appreciated? Have the days that you lived on the earth, have they been appreciated? So appreciated is just a verb in this context, and what you have to do is put some action to it. If you put action to it, then it will make a difference. So. Action demands giving God your all. You got to give God everything that you have. It's not a lot. Everything you got, he, he gave it to you. So he knows exactly what you have. He knows exactly what you can do. And so when God was thinking about you before he created you, he didn't sit down and think like, man, what are they going to do? He did exactly what he knew he had to do. He gave his son for all of us. And he paid the price for all of us. Just think about it. If there's three million people in the whole world, just three million, and he's got to hang on the cross for three million people and go through all that pain and suffering, how do you think he's going to feel when he comes back and you haven't obeyed his word? I mean, me as a human being, I'd probably be a little frustrated. But what he's going to do when he comes back, he is going to take out exactly what he said he's going to do. And that's not going to be a pretty picture. So you need to think about that. So why are we still here? God said you're still here because he's not slack. As some men count slackness. Uh, but he's going to be here, come when he comes, because he made a promise to do exactly what he's going to do, and he's going to do it. And so he's long-suffering. Are we long-suffering? He's long-suffering to us. Not only that, he's not willing that any should perish. Now, why is God not willing for any of us to perish? He must understand something that we don't understand. You haven't experienced what it's like to be in fire. You may have been burnt a few times, but eternal fire, in eternal separation from God. You haven't experienced it. You have no clue, but he does. And I believe that's why he's long-suffering, because he don't want you to punish. He don't want you to be punished, and he don't want you to go to a place of torment eternally. And so what is the goal here? The goal is to find the answer. You need to know the answer to this question. What must I do to be saved? No matter what people say to you, you need to know that. And a lot of people will tell you what you need to do or what they think you need to do, but they don't know. They don't know because they don't read the scriptures in its detail and its context. They'll tell you things like put your hand on the TV, give me some money, and everything's going to be okay. Well, if that was the truth, God would have told you that in the beginning. It wouldn't have taken him no four or five thousand years to tell you, give me some money, put your hand on TV. I mean, you got to think about these things. I mean, these things are important. They're crucial to your life and where you're going to spend eternity. So why are these things so important? Well, the truth is the key. The truth is the key. 
If you want to have an abundant life, you got to have the truth. If you go down to the bank and you have an account and you go down to the bank with my name on it, guess what? They ain't going to give me no money because they knew I keep up with mine. And if you, you go down there trying to get my money, they're going to say, your name ain't Ernest Taylor. So if you go stand before God and, and say, I am this and I am that, and God says, well, that's good that you that, but that's not what I requested. How are you going to look? These things are important for you and me and for the whole world. If it wasn't important, God would have never given his son. He would have given someone else. He could have used Moses, Abraham, one of those guys, anybody. But they wouldn't work either because they had sin in their life. <laughs> so you think about that. If someone's trying to tell you what to do and they got sin in their life, it's not going to work. Consider this. I like this because I'm always thinking about this. Always. Like I told the guy before. I got one wife. One. I'm going to keep that one. You can have as many as you want. But I got one, and she's mine. So there's one God. Just one. There's one creator. There's one written word. Now, if I come to you with a different written word, and I'm using the Bible to tell you that, it's incomplete because you're using the Bible, but you're changing the words. They're not the same. It doesn't work. So always think about the oneness and keep it in mind. Amen. Well, knowledge is from God. True religion, there's one religion, there's just one, and religion is what binds you back to God. Now, there's systems of belief. People say a lot of things, but there's one religion. And so if there's one religion, there's one God, how do you put these things together? Well, true religion requires work. It requires work, hard work. It's not that easy because it means we have to make a change. And how many of us in here want to make changes? None of us. Because if we wanted to make changes, the very first time you heard the gospel, you would have made the change right then and there. Wouldn't have been two thoughts about it. And so the other thing is this. Religion requires work, but here's what we got to do. We got to do something that God says that needs to be done. You got to visit the fatherless. You got to visit widows. You got to visit them in their afflictions. You got to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So how are you going to keep yourself unspotted from the world? Because if you go to the world, you can't get what you need. You will never, ever get it. And all those people out there running around telling everybody what to do and how to do it, guess what? They're lost. Because the knowledge to be saved comes from God. It's just flipped up a little bit. Now, true religion is knowledge from God. So if it's knowledge from God, he's got to be able to tell us what to do and how to do it. So what did he do? Through his wisdom, he gave us this thing called the Bible. Y'all got one? I mean, is it yours personally? And if it ain't yours, I mean, you know, use it, but give it back to the person that it belonged to. Let them use it. <laughs> and you can get one from this building here because they got them all over the place. I'm sure they'll give you one. So in this book, in the scriptures, it says something about 
God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, if he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, now if I need to know how to live, it's right there. If I want to know how to, what to do to please God, it's right there. If you can't read, come to the building. I'll meet you here and show you how to read. I'll read it to you. Tell you what the words are. If I don't know the words, I got a dictionary. I got a computer. That's what I do a lot of times if I don't know the words. I go to the computer. You tell me what the word is and how to say it. Got a little speaker on it. Tell me what to say and how to, how to say that. If it's in the Greek or the Hebrew, guess what? My computer is fluent in Greek and Hebrew. And it'll explain it to you. It'll tell you exactly what it is. And I do that all the time. When I can't find it, the only reason I don't call Josh Poppers is because he don't answer the phone for me all the time. Because if he did, I'd be calling him all the time. <laughs> you can tell all my friends, they know. When I get stuck, Ernest calls them. I call them. Because I want to know the answer. And when Josh preaches, guess what I do? I write down the stuff that he says. And if I don't believe it or understand it, I go home and research and come back and I will ask him. But to this day, I've been here for like two years or something, but I've never come back to ask him what he taught was true because I go home and I look it up to see whether it's true or not. I do that to every single preacher I know. Amen. And the reason is because I want to go to heaven. That's, right. That's bottom line. So we need to take a second look. Well, there's one gospel. That one gospel, that's good news. Because without that, how would you know what to do to be saved? I'm not listening to all these jokers out there because I know they are wrong. I know that. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I've been to most of the churches out there. And I said, I don't mean to be negative about it. I've been to the Methodist church. I've been to the Baptist church. I've been to the Catholic church. I've been to the Protestant church. I've been to the, uh, uh, what's another one? Uh, God Save Us Church, whatever they call it. But I've been, to all, I've been to all of them. And I looked them all up to see whether they were true or not. I studied them to see. Jehovah's Witness, all this stuff, I've been to all of them. Because I wanted to know the truth. And to this day, not a single one has come to me and said, Ernest, look, we know this is right, and we want you to go to heaven and sit down with me and have a Bible study. Not a single one of these people have done that. And some of them I've studied with for the last, for at least six or seven years, eight years, and one person I know, and I hope they're still living, I've been trying to get them to see the Bible for at least 19, no, 2002, 2002, and this is 2023. That makes 21 years that I've been trying to get them to see the gospel. I can't make them, but I just know what is true. So there's about 4,000 4, systems of belief. I use the word belief because this is what they believe, and they take the words from the Bible it's a system of belief, and each one of these has a founder. Every single one has a founder. Each is identified by name. And so I looked it up, and I didn't want to bring the names in here today because I didn't know how to handle that, and I didn't know what the, the uh, 
else would do if I did this. I don't want to be, you know, chastised and maybe because of doing what I was doing. <laughs> but I, I, I think about this. As some churches come out of England, there's a church came out of New York, there's a church came out of Texas, and there's a church that came out of Jerusalem. And this church came in about AD, 30, uh, AD 63. And some of these churches I just mentioned, places that it was like 18 something. The thing about it is, all of these people are living or dead. They have sin in their life. But this man, in AD, when he came, and he established his church. He came as an innocent man. No sin in his life at all. He came. He died on a cross. And he's still living. And he's at the right hand of God. I don't understand that. Now, why are you going to listen to somebody who's sitting? Not, he's not listening to him. He's sitting at the right hand of God. He died for your sins. He walked on the face of the earth. And you got a man downtown with this huge building. Got about 40,000 people in it, and they collected about $10 million every week, and you're sending the money. I don't understand that. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'd much rather be standing before God, and God says to me, well done. I'd much rather hear that than get that look, you know, <laughs> it's over. Well, Christ asked peaceful questions. You go to Matthew 16. He asked some questions about who the men say that I, the son of man, am. And he told them, well, some say you this, some say that. Well, who you say I am, Peter? What did Peter say? You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Well, blessed are you, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Now, who revealed to you, or to this person, what you're teaching? Well, God didn't do that. I mean, life is important. But you, you don't take that sincerely because what you do is this. You, you take this sincerely. Most people do this now. Most people, unless they're mad about something. They'll take this and they'll say, okay. They'll say, who's your wife? Oh, she's your wife. No, she's not your wife. Is that your husband? No, that's not my husband. No. Now, if my wife said that to some guy, you're not my husband, I'm not her husband. Guess what I do? Yeah, that's right. One of us got to go. I mean, that's how serious this business is. This is not just a joke. You have children. Where do you want your children to go? I'm not creating children to send them to Satan. Well, here's what Peter said. Well, Acts 4 says it. He was sent down from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit told him to say these words. He says, there's none other man on the face of the earth given among men whereby we must be saved other than Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Right. How hard is that? How simple is that? It's very simple. The problem is you're listening to those 4,000 folks this is running right here saying, this is what you ought to do. I just, 
I don't understand it. But I believe it. If the mind is closed, it has to be for a reason. Open your mind by investigating and studying so you can see and learn what God's will is for you. Amen. So think about this now. Whatever qualifies as an aspect or a particular feature, whatever it is, if you are a Christian, you got a concern, doesn't matter whether you're an individual, doesn't matter if you're a congregation, doesn't matter if you're families, doesn't matter if you're married, doesn't matter if you're men, women, children, teens, young adults, seniors, short in, sick, doesn't matter. All these things you need to know. If you're a college student, if you're one of the needy people, you bereave, discouraged, guess what? All this stuff fits into one thing. Guess what that could be? Jesus is the answer. No matter what you're going through in life, he is the answer. Yes. If he's the answer, somebody's got to give you the information. And the only people that I know on the face of the earth that can give you the correct information that I would trust is guess who that is? These are friends of mine. Only my friends do I trust. Only my friends. I don't trust anybody else. And you, and you know why that, that is? It's because Jesus is my friend. <laughs> and you are my friends. Amen. Because you're my brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. Why would you tell me a lie and send me to hell? Amen. <laughs> I wouldn't understand that. That means you don't love me. If you don't love me, guess what? You surely don't love Jesus. Because you ain't never met him. But you've met me. He died for me, he died for you, but I'm not your friend. I, I don't understand it. So there's a reason Christianity begins with Christ. There's a reason for that. All things were created by him. There's a reason salvation is founded only in him. There's no other name given among men where we must be saved. There's a reason we ought to do all the things that Jesus say do. He purchased us with his blood. He's the king. Now, whether you like it or not, guess what? You're just like I am. I'm a slave, you're a slave. What's the difference than us being a slave? You get paid the same amount I get paid. We don't get anything any different. Guess what you get? Eternal life. I get eternal life too. He don't give me no diamond ring. He gives me eternal life. Now, I don't know what the roads look like. They say they paved all this and all. I don't know all that stuff, but I believe that it is. But this much I do know is better than a two-room house. I grew up in a two-room house, so I don't want a two-room house. But if it's in heaven, I'll take it. Amen. <laughs> I ain't going to say I don't want it. <laughs> but it's it, it's got to be better. And so, yes, I will argue about the truth. It doesn't matter. I don't care who it is. I will argue about the truth. I will fight for the truth. I told a brother this morning, he's sitting back there now. If somebody came in here and put a gun to his head, you think I'm going to sit there and like, shoot him? My goal is to get there to stop the shooting. Amen. And then after that, the vengeance is mine, said the Lord, but I don't think it'd be wrong if I shot the guy. <laughs> if it is, I just have to say, you know, Lord, I'm sorry, but look, this is my brother. I'm trying to protect him. I don't know what else to do. I mean, you know, that's just how I think sometimes. It don't mean that I'm right, but I believe in protecting my family, and the church is my family. Amen. And so... I'm going to do all that I can to protect them. 
There's a reason we are expected to, transform, to be transformed in the image of Christ. If you're not transformed in the image of Christ, how can you be like him? How can the world see you, see Christ in you? He can't do that if you're not transformed. And transformation is a difficult thing because it requires you to do something that most of us don't want to change. You got to change, and the only way you can change is through studying and learning. It doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes. You're going to make them. We make them every single day. But the thing about it is we got Christ on our side. He's there to help us. This ain't working. I thought it was going to stop on me. It probably got mad. There's a reason he has been placed over all things but the Father. And I'm going to throw this in here on you right quick. Don't ever start doing a studying on the Holy Spirit. And don't study on Christ and who he is. Don't do that. Just don't do it. I'm going to tell you why. Because the last two weeks, three weeks, I've been studying on this because I wanted to know how the Holy Spirit was working. And I wanted to know about Jesus and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit if Jesus was God. I wanted to know all that, right? And guess what? About the second week, I was just so messed up in my head, I'm making phone calls everywhere trying to get all this information. And guess what? It only takes four at the most scriptures for you to understand who God is and who Jesus is. They all work together, they all one, and they all dwell in us. So what difference does it make? It has nothing to do with your salvation. You're not going to go to heaven because you don't understand whether Jesus is God and God is Jesus. Not. Just study and go to heaven. It'll be over with and you'll be happy. But I'm still studying, though, because i got to do some stuff because I'm going to make a request to the elders. They don't know it yet, but I'm going to make a request to them. Can I teach this? <laughs> and they're going to say yes, they're going to say no. But I'm still going to be happy because I learned a lot of stuff. When they ask me a question, I'll be able to answer it. They ask me to teach something, I'll be able to answer it. And if I'm not, I'll get Brother Pop and he teach it. There's a reason his name is above all names. Because he became obedient to death. How much time do I have? Um, what? <laughs> okay. Oh, let me see. Wait a minute. Oh, there's a, there's a reason why every knee will bow before Christ. God exalted him. He exalted him because of his obedience. Guess what God's going to do? He's going to exalt us too before our obedience because he's going to take us to heaven. That's a step above, right? A step up. Better than the earth. And then there's a reason the tomb was empty. People say all kinds of things about the tomb being empty. They don't know they wasn't there. All they got to do is read the book. The book says Jesus said he would raise himself three days. I wasn't there either. But I'd rather go by faith that he was there and he raised than get there on the day and ain't got no faith. That don't work well. My wife keeps shaking her head because like, she knows that my English is really good. And I use it you know, very fluently. I say those things like ain't this and that and all that kind of stuff because you understand that. See, I don't got no 34 different languages and all that. I don't need that. They didn't have it in the Old Testament. They didn't have it in the New Testament. And all those people on the day of Pentecost... 3,000 of them obey the gospel. 
And it probably didn't have a, one of them in the audience, maybe two or three of them, had a degree. Ain't that something? Can you not understand that? If you don't believe me now, lay a $100 bill down and ask the kid to put a dollar bill down in the 100 and see what they say. They ain't going to pick that $1 bill. They're pretty smart. You don't take no science to figure this stuff out. There's a reason half the new covenant is about his life. Acts focus on his atonement. The whole book of Acts focuses on that. The epistles, they talk about Jesus. They refer to him as the authority. He's the one to be followed. Revelation obsessed about the victory that he's only possible in Jesus. Everybody that you hear that preaches another gospel, in the end of that, they always talk about going to heaven. And Jesus is going to get them there. But they took all your money. <laughs> That's really good. Well, here's a decision you must make. No matter what you do, no matter what you say. A friend without sin can save you. They can do that. The question is, will you choose Jesus? That's the question. But Jeremiah says this. Lord, oh Lord, I know, I know. He says, I know that the way of man is not in himself. If it's not in himself, how's he going to get you to heaven? To me, it just makes sense. Just get the Bible, read it, study it. If you have a question, research. Use your little computer if you have to. It'll tell you what it means, the words mean, and what they don't mean. And if you don't believe it, and if you don't believe what I say, challenge me. You have the right to come to here or call me this building to see what I say or what I don't believe. That's your right. I'd do the same thing if you were preaching to me. I've done that before. I'll call folks and say, I don't believe it. Show me. I'm not ashamed to do that. I think I ought to do that. I think I have the right to do that if you want me to go to heaven. If you love me that much, you believe I'm wrong, you come and tell me. Ernest, you're wrong. This is what the Bible says. Jesus is the seed of promise to save all. In the Old Testament, it's anchored right there. It's God's plan. It's anchored. That's why we're studying and whoever put this lesson together, we're studying from the Old Testament. We're already at Jeremiah and Lamentations. We're studying all this stuff. Why are we studying it? It's because the information is right there. And it's telling us this one basic thing throughout the whole Bible. If you sin, you cannot live eternally with God. If you're disobedient, I'm going to punish you. That's why we're studying it. And everything is pointing to Christ. The New Testament. Well, it would pay for us to listen to what Jesus has to say. For in him we live and move and have our being. For we are also his offspring. Now let me ask you this. I don't know a whole lot about offspring, but I do know this much. I have three children. They'll be making my offspring, right? That means I'm the father and Gail's the mother. Well, if I'm the offspring of God, that means he's the father, right? He's the creator. Well, he has every right to discipline me. And his discipline says, Ernest, if you don't do what I say, I got something for you. He's never lied because he cannot lie. And he says, everybody that don't believe me, that don't know me, I have a place for them. One's on the left side, one's on the right side. All you's on the left side, all you on the right side. Which side are you on? 
That's the decision you got to make. You're going to be on the right side, you're going to be on the left side. Well, Jesus paid the judicial punishment for all of our sins. He became the Lamb of God. Now, what you have to do is this. You've got to make a decision to look at who you are worshiping with and who's teaching you and say, what does he have to do with the Lamb of God? How does this apply to me? Who died for my sins? Is he the founder? That's what I would do. Well, here's one thing I can't do. If Jesus paid, he met all the requirements, I'd listen to him. Come on, you got to move. This thing's not moving. Oh, okay. And you read uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. You look at that verse. Read it. See what it says. Okay? He encouraged the church to do exactly what he said do. Read those verses. See what they say. See if they make sense. So don't call me up. He did the same thing in uh, 2 Thessalonians. For the endurance, he encourages them and told them exactly what to do. When he comes back, you don't know him. These are things that are going to happen to you. If you do what I say do, everything's going to be good. Not hard. Now, here's what I can't do. I can't encourage you to wait patiently for the Lord to return. I can't do that if you're not in Christ. I can't. I can encourage you and you're not in Christ. How's it going to benefit you? But I can encourage you to obey the gospel. If you obey the gospel, the good news, it enables you to escape something. They call it the wrath of God. You get to escape that because you're obedient to it and you do exactly what he says. He didn't say be perfect. He didn't say you be perfect. No. Do my will. Do it all that you can. Give me all you got, Ernest. And I'm going to do the rest. He will help you. One thing I do know, he dwells in me. He'll dwell in you. And he will teach you everything that you need to do to have eternal life. So all I'm asking you to do is this. Come to Jesus. Obey the gospel. And live to the best of your ability with all you got. And the body of Christ is going to help you. God's going to help you. He's going to give you his spirit. Not something to work wonders, but he's going to give you something to help you, the Holy Spirit, so that you can become a son to live eternally in heaven. Will you come, please? as we stand together to sing the song of invitation. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions, please email them to us at office at org. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.